Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism and on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host and little sister, who's trying to distract me, Spud. True. Biology, a level topic by topic to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics or use us as your audio biology <laughs> That's Was right. that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It will use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we're here. Just in case you were wondering, she is spud in my phone. She's not Sarah, she's spud. Mm-hmm. So that's why. And in my phone, Ria is Biffy. Biffy. And that is... Well, that if you know back. what that is, then you're awesome. Yeah, if you know what spud and Biffy is, <laughs> I no one's going to know. No one's going to know. <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Okay, so 30... Oh yeah, episode thirty. So, what can you remember from the last about thirty episodes? Ter- yes, <laughs> this is a revision. No, <laughs> it isn't. So, chromosomes, genes, and DNA. What do you remember about any of those things? Chromosomes, they're in your DNA. Your DNA is in your chromosomes. Yeah. So, chromosomes are made of DNA. Yeah, and genes go on your legs. They do, or on your chromosomes. On your chromosomes. What do you remember about DNA? DNA is uh, like a zip up and down. It's um, monomers all yeah. together. So a strand of DNA is made of monomers. Yep, nucleotide. Called nucleotides. And yeah. um, what's each nucleotide made of? Oh, you mean what the three things are? Yeah. A base. Yep. A poly. No. A sugar. A sugar. Yep. A, a, a something sugar. The like... DNA is deoxyribose. And there's. Begins uh... with a P. Uh, I can't, I can't. Phosphate. Phosphate, that was it. Yeah. So the three things are bonded together and then they bond to other ones all the way down. And then other ones come along and then they do the zip up and down. And sometimes viruses do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So DNA molecules are particular. So in eukaryotic cells, what does eukaryotic mean? Human body. Mm. Not a virus. Mm. Not a bacteria. What do eukaryotic cells do? That oh, I ain't got a cell wall. No. What do eukaryotic cells have that bacteria cells, prokaryotics, don't have? A nucleus. Yes, well done. DNA molecules in eukaryotic cells, so inside the nucleus, are, as you just described, these uh, nucleotides, repeating nucleotides all the way down, big, long strands, linear, so mm. just straight, long strands, and... They become wrapped around these proteins called histones that allows them to coil so that they can coil up into little fat chromosomes, which are like just strands that can become visible under the microscope like when they're mm-hmm. dividing, replicating. That's what DNA in eukaryotic cells, that's what we would say are the sort of key features of it. Long, linear, wrapped around histones or associated with histones. Mm. Okay, DNA in prokaryotic cells is different. Do you know how or in what do you remember anything about that? They usually just have like a donut and a ball. Yeah, they're they're circular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And they're short. And they have like just some DNA strands in there, like it looks like a big squiggle. 
Yeah, so they're, they're circular. So instead of it just being like one long strand, it's actually a circle and, um, of uh, DNA um, that, that is all... Yeah. Maureen. That's in the cell wall. Okay. So that's not to do with the DNA. The DNA in prokaryotic cells is short, circular, and not associated with any histones. So that's the difference between the two. Now, we've also got DNA in our mitochondria. And there's a small amount of DNA found in chloroplasts in plant cells as well. Now, they are very similar to prokaryotic DNA. They're short, circular, and they are not associated with histones. So that's just facts that you need to know about DNA so far. The bases are the important bit, like the phosphate and the sugar form the sugar phosphate backbone, which provides stability to DNA. But really, the function of DNA is to code for proteins, to make proteins. And if you remember, proteins are made of amino acids and they have to be in a specific order. That order of amino acids comes from the order of bases in DNA. So all the way down the long linear strand, there'll be bases sticking out hydrogen bonds to the other strand all the way down to the other strand's bases. Does that, do you remember that? Yeah. So the sequence of those bases is what forms the sequence of an amino acid in a protein. What's important is the sections of chromosome that we are concerned about here are the genes. DNA is super coiled into these strands called chromosomes and all the way down a chromosome are sections called genes and they are the bits that we're concerned about. On the chromosome, there'll be a specific locus, and that is the fixed position of a gene. So depending on what chromosome it is, so 1 to 23 that you've got from your parents, there'll be a specific locus on each chromosome where there is a gene. And that gene will determine something about you. When you unravel that section of the chromosome, there is going to be a sequence of bases that we are concerned about. And... That sequence of bases is what's going to determine a strand of amino acids to make a protein. And that is the job of DNA. So there's a relationship there where we've got, like, in the nucleus, they've got these chromosomes. On those chromosomes are sections called genes. And those genes are a sequence of bases that determine the structure of a protein or the sequence of a protein. The way that we determine the amino acids from the bases is that the bases are split into three all the way down. So we call that a triplet or a codon. The chromosome unravels at the section that we want and we find the first codon and then they're read in threes after that. Mm -hmm. And each three bases, each triplet, each codon is the code for an amino acid that is going to form a chain. There's a reason it has to be three bases and it can't just be one base or two bases. If you only had one base per amino acid, you could only code for one amino acid for each one. So that would only code overall for four amino acids. And that's not enough because there are like 20 amino acids that can form proteins. Mm -hmm. If it was every two bases, then that would only code for 16 amino acids. Because there's like there's four different bases, so if you were to do all the permutations of those four in pairs, mm-hmm. that would give you sixteen okay. possible okay. choices. But if you've got three, it's sixty-four different permutations okay. of rearranging four bases into threes. So that's more than enough for twenty amino acids. Mm-hmm. In fact, that makes the genetic code degenerate, and what that means is each amino acid can actually have more than one triplet code. So there could be more than one triplet code for each amino acid. 
Very, very few have just one triplet code. The amino acid valine has four possible triplet codes. So if you were to have, now this would be the RNA that codes for it, but don't worry about that right now. If you were to have GUU in a triplet, that would be valine that would go in that place. If you would have to have GUC, that would also be valine. GUA would also be valine and GUG. So you can code for valine using four different triplets. Okay. Some just have one. So for example, metathymine only has one triplet code and that's AUG. And there's a reason for that. That's the start code on. So every single time a protein is starting to be made, it will always, always be the start codon AUG. That will mm -hmm. be the, the beginning of the base sequence. And it will always, always code for methionine. If methionine isn't actually part of the protein, it will be cut off in the Golgi apparatus. Methionine has to start every protein because that's the start point. That codes right. and tells you that that is the start of the gene. So it's a ribosome that's going to read the bases and it's going to look for AUG to start that that mm -hmm. is the start of the gene for that has to then code for an amino acid so a methionine will be the first amino acid of the protein and the rest will bind to that with peptide bonds as you read the triplets depending on which one's which methionine isn't actually part of the protein it's just put there as a starting point so if it isn't supposed to be part of the protein it gets cut off it will be cut off when the protein is modified and packaged in the Golgi apparatus. Okay. So does that make sense in terms of why the genetic code is degenerate? So it can make more bases. So most amino acids are coded for by more than one triplet. triplet. That's okay. what degenerate means. Uh -huh. And it's because we've got all these opportunities to play with, haven't we? Because it's four bases, they're read in threes, so we've got these 64 chances of getting amino acid, yeah. As well as having start codons, by the way, there's also stop codons. So there's three stop codons, which are the which end. which mean this is the end. UAA, UAG, and UGA. When you come across that, that is when it stops, mm -hmm. and it will not read any further than that. The other features of the genetic code, so apart from it being degenerate, is that it's non-overlapping. So every base is read once as part of a triplet. It doesn't then. Like it doesn't read three and then think, right, okay, so the last one of that three is the first one of the next three. Do you know what I mean? Every base is read once as part of a triplet and then it goes to the next three and the next three and the next three. It doesn't overlap any of the triplets. And also the genetic code is universal. So it doesn't matter what organism on this planet, that triplet will code for that amino acid in whatever organism it is. Now, what can also be quite confusing is that we've got all this DNA wrapped up in 23 pairs of chromosomes. Interestingly, only 1% of DNA is actually coding, or actually codes for protein. 99% of all of our DNA and all of our chromosomes is, is what we call junk DNA, or non-coding. Let's just get rid of it then. Yeah, but I think it also is quite good for like... If you think like how many mutations can take place of DNA in a day, if it is hitting the non-coding regions, it doesn't matter... But if all of your DNA was coding and there was mutations all the time, you'd have a lot of mutations and you'd have a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. Like you'd be making proteins that didn't work and were non-functional and you could lead to like other syndromes and things like that. Right. So it's a bit like cannon fodder, mm -hmm. isn't it? Having all this extra non-coding DNA. Okay. So you're kind of almost protecting the coding okay. sections. Yeah, so 1% of the DNA is actually coding. 99% is non-coding. 
we, we call the sections that are for coding they're called exons and we want those sections that they're the bits that actually make protein for us the rest of it particularly if it's non-coding within a gene so actually within the coding section there might be little bits that don't mean anything and need to be removed and we call those introns and they have to be cut out when it's copied into RNA that needs to be removed because we don't want that forming the protein because protein won't work so introns are non-coding sections exons are the bits we want that tells us how to make protein I just want to talk about two more things homologous chromosomes just so that we've talked about these as a thing in each of your body cells you have 46 chromosomes 23 pairs of chromosomes in fact when i say they're paired i mean they are paired so you have two chromosome ones one from mom one from dad they are homologous they carry the same genes not necessarily the same versions of those genes we'll talk about that in a minute but they carry the same genes your hair color gene for instance will be on the same chromosome from mom and dad and it will match up mm-hmm. and whichever version you've got that's dominant is the one that you will have 46 chromosomes 23 pairs and that's our what, what we call our diploid number the 46 that's our diploid number and our haploid number is 23 that's what we get from each parent the alleles is the, just the last point i want to make alleles what some of my students refer to as allilies but it's alleles they're different versions of the same gene so you could have a hair colour gene, but there are different versions of hair colour genes, aren't there? Brown, blonde, red. Ginge. Yeah, and so on. Whichever one you inherit that is dominant over the other is, is the one that you express. Mm-hmm. They're formed by mutations. So there would have been only one hair colour gene, but then a mutation created an a alternative hair colour. And it would have just been a slight change in a base or something. There's quite a few questions. This is great. This Very topic heavy. Very topic heavy. <laughs> so what I've done is I've I've actually got seven questions. Don't be scared. Okay. Don't be scared. I've got to go. <laughs> Don't go. <laughs> seven questions, but like I've divided them so that the first four are just like little one markers. The next two are a couple of two markers. Okay. And then the last one is like a five marker. Oh so I'm going to ask you four different one markers that can come up. Okay. All right. Why is the genetic... Don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Why is the genetic code described as being universal? We didn't cover this. Yes, we did. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. Um, Because we all have it. It doesn't matter what animal, a triplet... Will always be there. Will always code for... I've broke her. She's broken. (laughs) What are proteins made of? Amino acids. Yes. Amino acids are coded for for by three bases off your DNA mm-hmm. in a line. That is going to be the same for the dog. That is going to okay. be the same for a cat. Okay. That is going to be same for a bird. A snail. And a snail. Okay. A so spider? if they if they have that amino acid in their body, fish, it will be those same triplet codes that code for that amino acid. Universal. So we all have the same organisms. amino acids. We all have the same. There's amino only acids. this many. And we all have yes. the same amino acids. Twenty of them all together. Mm-hmm. And they are coded for by the same triplets. Mm-hmm. So the answer to that question is, why is genetic code described as being universal? The same triplet code codes for the same amino acid in all organisms. Yes. Okay. Right, question two. The genetic code has four different DNA bases. What is the maximum number? 64. Yes. So the, <laughs> the question was, what is the maximum number of different DNA triplets that can be made using four bases? And that is 64. Mm-hmm. Well done. 
Question three. The genetic code is described as being degenerate. Yes. What does this mean? That you can make more... This is her go-to, make more. Amino acid bases. No. <laughs> Strings. You don't even know. <laughs> no, you said that there's room for more. Right, so each amino acid can have more than one what? Triplet. Yeah, coding for it. Right. So we talked about valine having four different triplet yep. codes yep. that will code for it. Uh -huh. Okay. So the answer to the question is an amino acid can be coded for by more than one triplet. What name is given to the non-coding sections of a gene? Junk DNA. Is it introns or exons? Introns. Yes. Yes. Well done. Well done. Right. I've got a couple of two markers for you. What is a codon? The start of the sequence. And then the end is a code off. <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely never said that. <laughs> That's what I heard. No. What is a codon? How many bases is a codon? Three. Three bases, okay, or a triplet. Mm -hmm. And what do they code for? Because of those three bases, what is going to start to form a sequence in? Amino acids. Right, okay, so a codon is a triplet or three bases for one mark that codes for an amino acid. That's your second mark. Question six, another two marker. What is meant by a gene? A gene is on the chromosome. So it's a it is a section of chromosome, yeah. and what's it made of? Denim. DNA. D DNA, not denim. Not denim. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, a section of DNA. Yeah. That codes for a... DNA. What, what's all the amino acids together are known as? So you put loads of amino acids together oh. in a big chain and it's oh. called a pro... Do you know pro. how many people are screaming this word at you right pro. now? Pro a protein. Pro oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, so yeah. a gene is a length of DNA, or a section of DNA, for one mark, that codes for a protein. Five marker, compare and contrast the DNA in eukaryotic cells with the DNA in prokaryotic cells. The DNA is not in the nucleus. It's in a donut shape. Okay, tell me the features of eukaryotic DNA. So the DNA in eukaryotic cells... What length is it? Is it long or short? Long. Okay, so it's long. Is it circular or straight? It's linear. Which means straight, mm -hmm. yeah? So it's long and it's linear. And then what about it? What else happens to it so it can coil? It has a thing. Yeah. And it's It like wraps around a, these a, things called... Like a protein. Yeah, thing. like a protein. Well done. So it wraps around it wraps proteins. Around it, but that's not in the, in the other ones. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so it wraps around histones, which are proteins, mm -hmm. so it can coil up into these chromosomes. So long, linear, and wraps around histones. Prokaryotic DNA, as you've just said, does not do any of those things. Prokaryotic DNA is, so the opposite short, of what we just said, short. Doesn't wrap. Doesn't wrap. Round. Circular. 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 Okay. How's that? Hard. Yes, it is. So you'd get three marks for that. Because they're all contrasts, they're all differences. Another difference is that prokaryotic DNA is all coding. So there's no splicing of cutting out or anything like mm -hmm. that. It's all coding, no introns. Now, to compare DNA, to say what's similar about them is a bit more difficult because that would be more related to the actual nucleotides. So 
the they nu- have the same nucleotides? Same nucleotides. Nucleotides are the same. So DNA in a eukaryotic cell and eukaryotic cell and DNA from a prokaryotic cell is exactly the same. It's going to be phosphate, it's going to be Base. Deoxy- deoxyribose, and it's going to be bases. And they're all going to be identical. And they're joined by phosphodiester bonds in both, so they're the same. They have the sugar phosphate backbone. And then the other point that you could make is that DNA in mitochondria and chloroplasts is actually similar to that of DNA in prokaryotes because they're short, circular, and not wrapped around histones. It's going to be a tough few weeks because this is like tough for you, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's all right. It's not a problem. Just It makes for a better podcast, I suppose, episode because we have to talk about it more. Yeah. So people that are having the same issues can talk it through with us in the same way. And wider reading is The Beautiful Cure by Daniel M. Davies in book on immunology. Give it a read. You've heard me say I that will. a good few times now if you are a regular listener. Shall I do my roundup? Mm-hmm. In the nucleus of eukaryotic cells, chromosomes are made of DNA which is long, linear and associated with proteins called histones. In prokaryotic cells, chromosomes are found in the cytoplasm and are short, circular and not associated with histones. This is similar to DNA found in mitochondria and chloroplasts. Sections of chromosomes are called genes. The positions of genes is found on a chromosome is called the locus. These are the coding sections of DNA. Non-coding sections are found between the genes, which are introns, and are sometimes found inside the genes themselves. The sequence of bases in a gene codes for a sequence of amino acids to make a protein or polypeptide. This is done by reading the bases in threes. These are known as triplets or codons. Every three bases codes for a specific amino acid in a sequence. This forms the genetic code, which is degenerate, which means most amino acids are coded for by more than one triplet, Non-overlapping, so each base in the sequence is only read once, and universal, as each triplet codes for the same amino acid in all organisms. One triplet acts as a start codon, and three separate triplets can act as a stop codon. Homologous chromosomes are the matching chromosomes from each parent that contain the same genes. In humans, there are 46 chromosomes, known as our diploid number, in every nucleus of body cells, 23 from each parent. This is known as the haploid number. Alleles are different versions of the same gene. I dare I ask, what are your takeaways? <laughs> My takeaways. On the chromosomes, there are genes. Yep, well done. And in the genes is your DNA. Yep, well done. There is... Amino acid chains connected to the bases. Not connected. They're not connected to the bases. They're coded for by the sequence of bases. They are coded for by the sequence of bases. So every triplet of bases is going to determine the sequence of an amino acid in a protein. You get your genes from your parents. Okay, let's leave it there. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You've done really well. You've done really well. All that's different from today to other episodes is that you've just needed a little bit more encouragement when it came to the questions instead of just asking you a question i've had to break it down that's what teaching is so don't get stressed about it just got to keep going over it and maybe my mistake today was not having a picture but there'll be lots of pictures over the next few weeks so that'll help and support you okay if you would like to contact us you can go to teachmescience.co.uk 
if you'd like to drop us an email that's teachmebiologycast at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at teachmebiocast and on instagram at teachmebiologycast we'll give you all our little um place points of contact Mm -hmm. so that if you feel the need to have a chat with us you can we will respond yeah just let us know if you're listening Oh, is that the bell? Yeah, that was the bell. Yep. Okay, I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to go and have a nap. I think you need a nap. I'm gonna You've go worked and lie hard down. today. Yeah, it's, really been, it's been a, a tough episode. Mm-hmm. I have been Sarah Matthews. Hello, it's yawning. Sorry. Um, Rhea Corbett. And this has been Teach Me Biology, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye.